Cool. Good evening. Um, thanks for coming. Yeah, like Sophie said, I'm Alex. My work name is Stone Wizard um, because I'm obsessed with stones and the band Electric Wizard. It's as simple as that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be talking today for you about the South Dorset Ridgeway. It's where I'm kind of from originally and I spent the first 18 years of my life not knowing it existed. Um, literally five minutes from where I lived and it's the most fascinating uh, ritual landscape from prehistoric Britain that I know of or that I've been to. Um, so yeah, usually I'm a tattooer and an artist, I study like folk art and all this stuff, um, but I'm also obsessed with prehistory and stone circles and everything like that. So yeah, we're going to be talking about the Ridgeway today, which is basically, if you'd like to do the thing. Oh, I had a really like gothic type. Yeah, sorry, my like work <laughs> computer was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, it was all, it was all like black letter and everything, yeah. and, like, oh, do man. Um, but yeah, just, just try and visualize. But we're going, to, we're going to school instead. Uh, yeah, that's all good. So this is basically a map of the Ridgeway here. Um, and if anyone has a question, by the way, about anything that I say, if I say like yeah. Dolman or Barrow or whatever, just be like, what's that? And then we can talk about it, and I'll. I'll tell you if there's any words that I don't that I say that you don't understand, um, please ask me because I don't want you sitting there just bored listening to me go on about barrows for ten minutes or whatever. Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, what's a let barrow? me know. A barrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a barrow is essentially like an earthen mound um, atop a burial, usually. So um, up until the Bronze Age, it would have usually been an inhumation burial where they would put the dead, uh, maybe some bits to go on to the afterlife with like flint tools or jewellery or anything like that. Um, covered with earth, usually there'd be some stones in there just to like protect the the dude or whatever who's all like crouched up in there, they put stones around him, you know, just to protect them. Yeah, earth on top, traditionally where I'm from it was all chalkland, so it would have been bright white chalk, they usually placed them at the top of a hill so you could revere the dead from far away or if you were coming in you'd, you'd know what was going on, you know. Uh, nowadays they're all covered in grass, so yeah. But that's a barrow, there's lots of different types, there's round barrows, long barrows, bank barrows, chambered tombs, um, all sorts of different types of burial chamber essentially, or burial mount. I'd also like to point out that I have not gone to university to study any of this. <laughs> so when Tony Robinson's listening to this podcast, um, he needs to know that I'm just a, uh, an obsessive. Anyway, um, cool. Right, so here we go. This is, uh, this is the Dorset Ridgeway. So it's essentially um, a very high point of earth, like a ridgeway cuts across all the way from West Bexington to Osmington Mills over here. I grew up in Weymouth right here. Dorchester we're going to talk about later is like a really important sort of ancient, super ancient settlement of people and it's a very important bit but we'll get to that later on. So the Ridgeway cuts across, there's a lovely beach, it goes up super high and you can see for miles in either direction you've got the ocean here and then just sort of lovely hills and valleys and stuff on the other side and you can tell by the next slide how lovely it is. Look at that. <laughs> um, so this image I took, I went for a walk up there in October last year, obviously the sun's setting. You can just see all the way through this beautiful valley here and it kind of gives you an idea of like why our like predecessors or my ancestors um, would have sort of chosen places along this route to sort of bury their dead or have ritual stone circles where they have been practicing because it's just insanely beautiful, you know, and um, worshipping sun gods and all that kind of business is probably a pretty good pretty good at there when you've got that. So uh, 
So yeah, that's that. So firstly, I'm going to talk about the Valley of the Stones. I need to, unfortunately, for the sake of not standing here for like 10 hours, um, we're not going to talk about every single thing that's on the Ridgeway because I can't, it would just go on forever, you know, every lump and bump and thing and whatever, broken down church and all this stuff. So I missed out a couple of small, small things, um, various hill forts and stuff like that. But we're going to, we're going to start here because this is where I'm really interested in starting with, uh, with prehistory and stone monuments and stuff like that. So the Valley of the Stones is, uh, is basically a massive sarsen drift where the Ice Age finished, glaciers would have just left huge deposits of stone, um, which is mainly sarsen stone, which is like a hard, super hard withstanding stone. People would have found these massive deposits in the land and been like, oh wow, look at all this, it's just been left for us to create things out of, you know, like, and uh, that's basically what that is. But um, most of the monuments you're going to see have been made out of stone that has been found, like, in this particular valley, just down off the ridgeway. So, like this one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Kingston Russell Stone Circle is a uh, late Neolithic or early Bronze Age, it's about 4,000 years old, and this stone circle, if you go to the next slide, as you can see, has been desecrated over time. There was a weird period of time where this would have been made like four, four and a half thousand years ago. It would have been revered for hundreds of years and used as like a ritual site for the people who lived in this kind of land. Um, there's a strange period in history for almost like 2,000 years where they were just forgotten about. And now people are like revering them again and going and seeing them. But because people were like, well, we've got other things now like Christianity and this thing and that thing. These are all just completely toppled over. You can hardly see them. They're just this little bank right here and then they're all just kind of fallen over, they've been lost to the plough somewhat, like they've been damaged over time and uh, yeah it's quite an interesting thing where for some reason now in the past like 100 years or so um, people have started to actually find them again as it were, which is quite strange, especially with massive sites like Stonehenge and Avebury, um, again were kind of forgotten about, taken like stones were taken, churches built out of them, they were smashed up for other building materials in the 1600s people were terrified about witchcraft, so they'd have gone and desecrated these sites and stuff like that. And then you just kind of find them lying around, looking a bit sad. Um, but anyway, so this is the first stone circle we've got, and uh, we'll move on. You can kind of get an idea of the arc here. It's very small, they're very different to like things that you've seen, like Stonehenge and other places like this. Um, but they've been used by a very small community of people, I think, um, who are living around, around this part. Are you doing these uh, circles like in order as you go along the ridge? Oh yeah, sorry. So we're starting. Look back real quick. <laughs> yeah, so we're starting over here. Um, this stone circle is around here. So we're going basically from um, west to east along the ridge. I'm taking you on on a journey, <laughs> a spiritual journey. Um, cool. All right. If we switch back. Kingston Russell, there it is, looking all sad. Cool, right, so this is crazy. This this is like, talking about how these landscapes kind of get forgotten and overshadowed by larger places like Stonehenge. I'm going to keep bringing that up. I've got nothing against it because it's incredible. Um, but, like, these kind of environments and landscapes exist all over the place and people just don't know about it, you know. So um, I think it's really interesting to bring these up. So this this is a long barrow, Jamie. Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and it's just insane. This thing's been sitting there for 5,000 years. Uh, it's never been excavated. There's probably bodies in there, um, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, and yeah, these stones have just, obviously they've been slightly dislodged over time, but farming's gone around 
in this area since but well, since it was made you know and it's just remained there no one knows what's in it and it's just incredible but yeah it's been there for 5,000 years and finally you get some folklore um, giants put those there <laughs> believe it or not um, so yeah there's this whole thing in the in folklore to do with stones arriving in places that people couldn't understand they're like Christianity came in and they're like what are we doing like how does that get there man oh it was giants or the devil you know they were just messing around throwing shit <laughs> they were just throwing these huge stones around the, the landscape around the neighborhood um, so yeah this is apparently a result of uh, some giants roaming around and, and playing a game um, I think they call it quoits which is a, a throwing game yeah um, so there you go. Nothing to do with people burying their dead 5,000 years ago. <laughs> um, here's a drawing I did. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so you can see like this, like the dislodged, uh, this is a, what they'd call a capstone here. So you kind of have these as like to block off the entrance when they were kind of done with it. Because back in the day, people revered their dead differently to how we do, like especially in the British Isles, people would have like returned, especially to chamber tombs where family members were buried. At special times like winter solstice, they'd have a party and they'd be like, oh, well, I want my grandma to be involved um, or whatever. So they'd go and like, get a bone or something and take it to the party, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and be like, oh, there, she's still with us, man. And then they could, they'd take it back and this and bring gifts to the, the tombs and other stuff like this. Um, especially there's like, was it West Kennet Long Barrow, I think, was supposedly open for a ridiculous amount of time, like five or six hundred years, I think, they were going back and forth from there, taking bones, bringing bones back, and all this other stuff. And uh, when people finally excavated it in the 60s, I think it was, um, they're like, oh, well, why there's like, there's like kids' legs over here, and then like adult skull here, and it's all a mishmash of everything. It's, it's kind of strange, and people were wondering what was going on with that for a while. But I think they finally decided it was because... They weren't as freaked out about it as we are today, you know. They're just like, oh, I just want a bit of my my mate or whatever to come and hang out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, so, oh, that was a digression, wasn't it? Um, this is a capstone right here. It would have fallen off, so there would have been people buried, like, underneath here, and then the capstone placed on top of other standing stones, and then all covered over with earth, which gets eroded over the thousands of years. It's been there by, you know, storms and wind and rain and all this. Uh, so you can kind of see it's fallen and uh, when I was up there one time I found this um, and I'll let you uh, <laughs> I'll let you figure out what that is um, is it a bone yes that's a bone isn't it yeah that's in there and uh, I don't know if someone's messing around or if that's been there for 5,000 years but either way I didn't touch it because wow. you know you don't want to be messing with that <laughs> no <laughs> yeah oh yeah round my neck <laughs> No, I wasn't messing with that. Oh, God, I don't have time for that. How big are we talking? How big is that? Um, I it reckon is. it's like this big. For the benefit of the tape. Yeah, for, for Tony Robinson, <laughs> uh, that is six inches, roughly. Um, so, yeah, figure out what that could be. What do you think? Dog bone? Yep. Yeah, it's animal bone, yeah. <laughs> cool. Anyway, moving on. Um, cool, so this is a really weird one. Again, I'm going to talk about like desecration of these sites quite a lot, I think, during this, because it's something that's just happened over time and something that fascinates me, especially with this site. We, me and my partner Harriet here, we visited this site last April, um, and you walk around it and you're like, oh, yeah, so look at this crazy tiny little stone circle that's been here forever. Oh, it's a drawing. There you go. Um, <laughs> um, 
So to give you an idea of the size of these stones, we'll go to the next one. Harriet's chilling. Oh yeah, that one. Um, they're tiny, you know, they're ridiculous. This is probably the smallest stone circle I've ever seen or know about. Um, and you walk past it and you just assume that it's been there for, I think this one's like almost three and a half thousand years old. Um, but there's all this research and reading I've been doing recently about how it's like, uh, back in like the early 1900s, some people had tried to reconstruct it and got bits of it out of a bush and all this other stuff, put it all together. There was like 36 stones there in like almost concentric circles. Um, someone came along in like 1965 and was like, no, this isn't right. I'm going to, I'm going to excavate this thing, man. Um, found various stone holes, re-erected these, I think there's nine or 10 stones here in the circle. And, uh, and that was that. And then some antiquarian comes along, um, by the name of Aubrey Burl previous to that actually, and was like, I think it was just from someone's house where they built a roundhouse up there and it's actually not a ritual site at all. So we have no idea what this thing is and everyone's just throwing their opinions around and that's and it's just fascinating, you know, that today we see it as this this thing that could potentially be someone's house from two thousand years ago or it could be a ritual site that was used over like hundreds of years and, and I don't know, I just think it's kinda of fascinating. But you'll never know. Moving on. Um, okay, this is uh, talking about barrows, um, massive cemetery, like a barrow cemetery, which is crazy. And we'll go to a photograph that I have uh, got permission from uh, this amazing aerial photographer, David Abrams. Um, he's got a book out, you should buy it. It's called uh, Aerial Atlas of Ancient Britain. It's fantastic. I'll plug him for letting me use his stuff. Um, but yeah, so these are all burial mounds and stuff. We've come slightly off the ridgeway now, which is a particularly peculiar thing, because you never see these in a valley. They're usually, like I've said before, high up places where you can see your, the dead and the past and stuff like this, and you can revere them, and people coming and traveling can, can see and go and visit and all this stuff. But these are just hidden away, um, and it's quite strange. So it's always kind of made me wonder as to why these are down here in this particular area. Um, there's 44 of them in total in this landscape as well, which is also crazy. Like you don't get numbers like this unless you go to like the the landscape of Stonehenge, where you see many, many like barrows in lines like this all over the place, and people are like, "Oh my God, look at all that!" But here in Dorset, in the middle of nowhere that no one will ever see because it's all private land, and this road is 60 miles an hour, and you know you flash past it, is this huge cemetery of barrows, and for some reason it's like caught my attention because it's obviously so important. Um, one thing I can say is to do with these dips that you can see in the landscape over here. If you can see these. See these dips, guys? Um, this is actually, because I always thought these were barrows as well, like these, like this one here. Um, but these are actually to do with a water source that's underground that's sucking the chalkland from beneath. Um, and what I think and what I've read from other people's thoughts on this particular site is the fact that water obviously was like incredibly important as is today but for the people back then in the prehistoric time the neolithic and especially um it was revered as like another god i think like it was like the sun and the moon and the solstices and whatever and water rivers water sources were always incredibly important so i think when they see these landscapes that have been marked by water from like another realm almost you know like underground it's particularly important, and you often see these kind of shapes mimicked 
in certain things as well where the landscape is mimicked by the barrows and such where on one side you've got natural things and on the other side you've got like yeah human-made structures to kind of uh mirror the thing or whatever so i don't know i, I just think it's quite quite fascinating anyway there you go moving on to the nine stones those barrows are they mm. are they protected under any sort of law or anything like that to preserve them because I saw um, in the picture there's like plow, plow marks around them so yeah so this what you can see in this particular case you got some animals down there yeah I was just spotted them as well so I had to jump over a fence and all sorts when I went here um, so I parked up here came down the road this is the main road I jumped over all this barbed wire and whatnot here barbed wire here barbed wire over here <laughs> you know so it's yeah. farmland it's protected themselves by various things and English heritage will probably get involved and have a go at you if you started digging them up um, but that's a bit as far as I'm aware yeah um, but yeah they're mostly on private land as well these things so they're protected as like a, a landmark okay yeah that's about it, I think. Um, yeah cool so this is the nine stones this is my favorite stone circle I think I've ever been to um, <laughs> it's uh, a nightmare to get to. It's basically access has been blocked off by people who were um, doing some work on pylons and all this stuff in the area. And the first time I went there, it was raining. It was crazy, crazy rain. So I parked up in this estate. Um, I think we've got a drawing if you want to have a look. Oh, okay. This is, this might work. This is the tale of my story. Are you ready? I <laughs> yeah. Think it's work. It might not have any sound. That's okay. <laughs> Oh, it does. <laughs> so yeah, jumping over rivers, across main roads, all this stuff, because the access has been blocked to this particular site. Um, and I get there, finally, there's cars going past at 60 miles an hour in the rain, and I just stood in the centre of the circle and there was just like this absolute moment of weird peace I just stood there I couldn't hear the cars anymore and all this stuff this is one of the first moments that got me really obsessed with all these stones and and all this stuff I was just standing there like why can't I hear like I don't know I've just had a stressful journey climbing over all these fences and all this like <laughs> all that that you just saw and I'm standing there and, and yeah just absolute bliss it's great it's really weird it was like a strange thing I've never really been into like yeah like really spooky stuff you know vibes and that and then I went there and yeah it was it was an experience it was really amazing uh, the second time we went me and Harriet went here it was like summer uh, or spring wasn't it there was wild garlic growing everywhere and it was a completely different experience I was got, I'd gone from like stress rain climbing over all this stuff to then going again loads of wild garlic and then on this oak stump here this was like a huge I don't even know how old it is maybe four or five hundred years old oak tree that they cut down um, there's just like random bits of chalk everywhere and then two chickens legs <laughs> just with like with fresh blood coming out of the end of the chicken legs or whatever on the thing and I was like wow <laughs> don't touch that either no. <laughs> um, yeah so um, so it's a pretty fascinating place it's really weird again it's like it's in the valley just down from the, all those barrows that I just showed you which again is really strange for a stone circle to be hidden away like that usually they're going to have an astrological alignment like with a solstice or an equinox or something like that um, with a particular stone so they can use them for ritual sites right but this one's just hidden away 
sun hardly ever touches it, so you wouldn't really be able to make those kind of alignments properly. And uh, it's very strange. So I'm pretty sure that this is like a 4,000 year old site for particular like ritual purposes, rather than going to a site to sort of, you know, do a solstice thing. And summer was usually celebrating life and winter was usually celebrating death. So with Stonehenge, for example, they take all their ashes from their dead on the winter solstice and do all that. But this, this is a different place and it's, uh, it's got a really weird energy about it. It's fascinating for me. I love it. I took my sister there as well uh, exactly a year after the first time I went and it was exactly the same weather and it was raining and we went across the road and we had this whole experience and then we couldn't be bothered on the way back because we had to jump through all this forest and trespass and all this as well because the river had flooded by this point. Um, and we ended up climbing over like 10 foot fences on the way back and it was amazing to get my <laughs> sister involved who's older than me. She's like 34 or something and she's just like usually graphic designing behind the computer and I'm like let's go and like look at some stones and get covered in shit and have a good time and then yeah we end up climbing <laughs> 10 foot like Harris fencing and all this business in the rank and it was great it was a good time she had a, she had a fun time <laughs> cool so there you go I love this place the hell stone um my friend Will here has got this tattooed right near his bum we did it <laughs> mm. um yeah this is a neolithic long barrow turned dolmen uh, it didn't always look like that. In uh, 1866, some antiquarians, and with help from some farmers around here, put these stones back up. So 5,000 years ago when this was first made, like I said before, these people would have been buried in there. They'd have put it all up like this, put dirt over the top, and, um, and that was it. But obviously over time, they all fell over after the dirt got exposed. And then for some reason, like four and a half thousand years later or more people are like oh we should probably put those back up um so they did and uh, there's a lot of argument about this particular site some people are like it didn't look like that god and then some people are like yeah well it's cool isn't it so we'll, we'll just leave it we'll leave it like this but anyway it's really it's a fascinating one and it would have yeah i don't know what's in there as well again it's not been excavated no one will ever know how many people are buried in there what treasures lie in there or anything like that um but yeah you can go inside there now and you always find like little bits there's a tiny little altar um, where people leave rings and incense and all this stuff and it's it's pretty nice um again there was a story with this particular one about the devil uh hanging out on portland which is a little peninsula just off of weymouth and he was just throwing stones around obviously having a great time and uh, they landed up here nine miles away on the hill so there you go here he is <laughs> looking really pleased with himself <laughs> um yeah kind of overlooking his work um so there you go. Um, some more barrows for you. <laughs> um, this is a really weird one. This is really strange because I lived like five minutes away from these things. And when you're growing up in this kind of area, people are either like experts on this kind of subject and they're like, oh yes, this thing was excavated in 1849. I found all these things, blah, blah, blah. Or, like my family, oh, it's just bumps up there, isn't it? <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's just the Bencom bumps. And you're like, what is it though? And they're like, don't know. And that's it. And that's all you get when you're a kid. So when I became obsessed with this kind of uh, period in time and this this subject, um, I'm like, we gotta go. So this is my sister. This is on Christmas Eve, dragging her around again. Um, <laughs> and she looks really happy. She had a great time. But it's really strange that these things have been there, like the whole time I was around, my whole childhood, and we never knew. And even when I took took George up there, she's just like walking around like, wow, so there's a lot of people in here and that. And I'm like, yeah, 
Yeah, there is. Yeah, they've been there for thousands of years, and it's just weird. You know, people just don't don't look at the landscape around them. You know, it's quite fascinating. But yeah, there she is having a great time. Now in the next one, you can kind of see see all this. Uh, yeah, it's pretty big. I think this is the biggest one. I tried to get a photo because. Um, the biggest one, apparently, uh, you'll like this one. Um, if you put your ear to it at midday, uh, you can hear music. Ooh. There you go. So this one's got some pretty nice, pretty weird folklore around it. I don't think anyone knows what music either. I wish I'd done it when I was there, but I didn't. <laughs> I'm worried it's about probably a classic sometimes. like Fiddler Lost in there or something. Yeah, the yeah. Is in it. It's, not like, it's not like Bill Withers or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, you like to imagine like the idea of like someone being stuck with their flute in there for like yeah. 3,000 years, just like... <laughs> so people are just like, oh, listen to this, man. <laughs> and he's just still there. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's that. Um, cool. So basically, we just almost reached the very end of the ridgeway there. There's like a few little bits dotted in between here and there. And at the very end, there's a white horse. But I'm not talking about it because it's too new and it's boring. Um, <laughs> But there is, a, there is a white horse up there. I think it's from, I think it's for St. George. Um, he used to frequent Weymouth all the time as a holiday place. And the, apparently the people who built it, like, put it going the other way because they thought he was an asshole or whatever, right? <laughs> so, and then he came down and saw it, like, going out of Weymouth and was like, I'm never coming here again! <laughs> and all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, there you go. That was that. But I haven't got a photo of it. So, there you go. So, this, yeah, I kind of just want to finish the ridgeway kind of like going off of it again into the town of Dorchester which is a super old town it's been like they found stuff there from the Mesolithic period which is like coming just out of the ice age when people like emerged again from wherever they've been um, they found like flint tools and stuff like this from up to 10,000 years old um, and somewhere along the line people built this which is I can't even explain how big it is if any of you have been to Maiden Castle before You've been there. I know you've yeah. been there. It's massive, right? Huge. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I can't even explain. And I should have got some kind of, some numbers for you or whatever. But you could probably fit, I don't know, like, let's use this as an example right here. Like, this little section is probably about two football pitches or something. Just on the top. And if you go to the next picture, you can see the ramparts. I took this photograph. You know, they're getting towards sort of like 50, 60 foot deep, like, for each one. And these people built this here, and this is like where the majority of people who I've just been talking about who built this landscape that we've just seen, they would have been living up here um, towards the end of the Bronze Age and into the Iron Age. Um, and this would have kind of been a home for them. It got built up and up and up and up into the Iron Age, and especially when the Romans came, like they did, took over everything. And it got extreme with all these ramparts they were building. If we go back to the next one, the past one, sorry. Um, like these entrance ways and stuff like this is the way in here but you've got to like do all this business to get up there and in and it's like oh, it's, so these are like a proper fortress these are like defensive just massive defense walls yeah oh, each right. one. so these don't really serve any purpose there would have been farm animals they're like sheep still graze here yeah but those are the only things and goats obviously that, that these have any use for apart from that it's purely defensive yeah and these are like like in the last photograph it's hard to say hard to tell sorry like I say but 50 foot deep at times. It's insane. So the Romans are obviously incredible at what they do. They came in, took it over despite all this business, and uh, yeah, they set up camp up top there. If we go a couple of slides, there's their temple that they built. 
right on top. Um, yeah, which is quite interesting. You know, you always get this kind of thing where Romans come in, take over these sites that we've been looking at, build their temple there, and it's ours now and all that. They all left. And then a couple of hundred years later, you get exactly the same thing with Christianity coming in, putting a church directly inside like an earthwork henge or whatever that would have been built 4,000 years before. Just to kind of make a statement, like, we're here now, you need to listen to our religion, and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Uh, that hill fort kind of gives you, I guess like a bit of an idea of the magnitude of how important the place was um, and you know how like massive the community was there and stuff like this there's also uh, so you can see Dorchester here this is the town just on the other side uh, what they call a super henge um, similar to Avebury and stuff like this it's massive earthworks um, with a ditch inside and then there would have been like ritual space with huge timbers and all this stuff it's like over three times the size of Stonehenge. So people were around here and people would have traveled there with their dead probably to do um, like winter solstice rituals and stuff like this. Um, and it just, yeah, I don't know, it shows you the importance of the landscape there and how people were um, yeah, interacting with it. Um. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's me with the, the willy man right there. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's me with the Cern Abbas giant at Christmas. I jumped over the fence and ran down and gave him a pat on the head. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's my dude. Is he part of the Ridgeway, hon? He's not part of the Ridgeway, no. But he's in Dorset. But he's the best, so we had to include him because he's, he's my boy. Um, Q&A, baby! Um, <laughs> with regards to that Roman temple, uh, is, do you know? Do they know who it was dedicated to at all? Was it like a local deity that they co-opted, or? or? Um, I don't know. No. To be honest, I don't know too much about the Roman stuff because I've I've just been looking at stuff before that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what do you think? Is that like a thing that happens with with the temples? Are they usually for a specific deity in a, a different area? Yeah, no, they sort of co-op local ones. I was wasn't mm. sure if anyone done any excavations or anything around there, but. Um, there must have been, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah there'll definitely be something. Um, yeah, I did a bit of excavation myself, kicked a molehill and got a bit of pottery out of it, <laughs> right in the centre of that chapel actually, a little bit of terracotta. Yeah. I'm always looking in the molehills, yeah. always. Yeah, always, <laughs> especially the one, that henge that they um, they excavated recently. The arming hall. The arming hall. I was going to ask you about arming Yeah, I found some good bits in there. Like really interesting what you were saying about, um, with their like kind of positioning near water. And obviously, yeah. we're such a different landscape to down there, but we, we, like in Norfolk, we still kind of followed those kind of lines, I guess, which is yeah. really interesting. Yeah, definitely. And you get um, Caster, like, right by yeah. it as well. With, like, I think there's a few henges yeah. um, along the river there. Mm. And obviously, we don't have them anymore because they're all made of wood rather yeah. than stone, <laughs> which is really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Rude. Um, <laughs> they should have made them out of stone. Yeah, there really should have been some yeah. stone around like, here. They didn't think ahead. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, so I just find it really interesting that it's similar kind of guides that everyone's looking for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, but yeah, that's pretty much. We've gone along the ridgeway. I've told you about some stuff, and yeah, if, you, if there's any questions or whatever, let's let's do yeah, it. Yeah, if anyone has any questions, go for it. How long's the ridgeway? That was an important bit I missed out. Seventeen <laughs> miles. Seventeen point two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
How different um, would it have looked back then to the photos today? Would it have been relatively the same? Uh, I feel like the landscape would have been relatively the same. Obviously, because mm -hmm. of farming, there'd have been more woodland and stuff like that. Yeah. But also because of the fact that you've got the ocean on one side and just kind of valley on the other side. Mm -hmm. Like you get a lot of hawthorn and stuff like that around there. Um, yeah. And I feel like a lot of stuff would have been damaged by, you know, like salt burn and all that stuff. Yeah. So I don't think you'd have massive amounts of like so forest sort of and the, stuff like the that. The view would still be the same. <coughs> so relatively the same, obviously with more ploughed fields and yeah. stuff like that. And there would have been more trees in the way, but pretty much the same. And it's strange, like that first photo, if we can go all the way back yeah. to that, sorry. <laughs> um, it's kind of weird because you can't really see much settlement at all. Like in certain places, <laughs> you'll see like a little village or something, but it is really rural down there still. This one? Uh, keep going a little bit. This yeah, one? like this. Like you just can't really see a house, you know, for miles and miles and miles. And it's quite interesting. And obviously down off of the ridge, there would be a village every now and then. But but yeah, I don't think it would have been too dissimilar to be honest. Yes. These, the, the way you've spoke about them in succession, they've all been done at different times, yeah? Mm. But there's this, seems to be this kind of like lead up to this one big, the thing at the end where there's the defensive sort of things where people were living and stuff. Yeah. What, what, why are they, why are they there? Is there a reason why they're there in that sort of line? Like, why is this Ridgeway particularly like got loads of these? stone circles finishing with a settlement I mean obviously it depends what, which way you're going from yeah. but why are they so like near each other so the settlement if we go back a couple of things uh, <laughs> uh, yeah nice I'm glad I did this map so Dorchester here the Maiden Castle the massive huge settlement I just showed yeah, yeah, yeah. it's basically like here oh right okay so, sorry and I feel like the bridgeway is used as because it's the highest point in the landscape really Yeah. I feel like they'd have been up there you know, burying dead and stuff, so they're like closer to God or whatever it is, oh, closer right. to the sun. It's like a place where you can track the sun a lot more and stuff like this. They would have yeah. been hunting up there as well, and also fishing, obviously, on either side where it ends. So I feel like it was just a really important spot here, so they could like do all their business up here and then come down and like fish. Animals that have been hunted and stuff would have all been brought sort of inland to a more defensive spot if you know what I mean okay. but that was later on as well like really not until the early Iron Age I don't think Maiden Castle was built so people were kind of like living off of the land and stuff along here and then in the various valleys and stuff for probably so, up to like 2,000 years before okay so it's built. more is it more coincidental that it's just popped along that just because of the geography yeah, yeah I, I think so yeah because like the the bump the bink and bumps that I showed you towards yeah, yeah. the end they're kind of like around here and they're a lot newer but then you've also got Iron Age hill forts over towards like West Bexington and Abbotsbury here that are also newer. And then kind of in the middle, you've randomly got a 5,000 year old thing, yeah, 5,000 yeah. year old thing, okay. yeah. three and a half thousand year old thing on either end. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, I don't really know to be honest about that too much. I think it's like more, more random. Yeah, yeah. But it's also strange when you think about how there's like, a maximum of 20 monuments up there yeah. that span that amount of time as well. It's yeah. crazy, you know? When you think about, you go to like a modern, like a graveyard today, for example, yeah. and you've just got like, it goes on forever, you know, and, yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. So it's quite interesting to think that there's only like two long barrows in yeah. the space of, well, they were just built 5,000 years ago, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's quite weird to think about like that. 
Yeah. This is why I'm obsessed with it so much, I think, because there's just like so many questions and stuff that can be can be asked there. Does that yes, answer your question? Yeah, yeah <laughs> cool. absolutely. Nice. Uh, anything else? Hello? Yeah, was everyone allowed to be buried there? I was said just <coughs> for special people. So, <laughs> yeah, it's quite weird because back in especially like the Neolithic time and early Bronze Age times, there wouldn't have really been any like conflict or anything like that. Am I right, Wes? <laughs> Would there have been any conflict around there in like the Neolithic to early Bronze Age? There wouldn't be, right? So in terms of like, yeah, hierarchy and stuff like that, I think you'd obviously have like varying degrees of hierarchy but there wasn't anyone coming in and being like I'm the king I'm going to kill everyone and then the, he's going to get buried you know especially because he was the king who ordered everyone to kill everyone or whatever um, so I'm not really sure yeah this this is another question as well because like the long barrow in West Kennet that I mentioned before like the chambered barrow where people would have come and taken bits and bobs um, when they actually excavated it, there was only like between 40 and 50 bodies in there, mm -hmm. and it had been active or open for hundreds of years. So like, where did everyone else go, you know? Mm -hmm. It's quite interesting, yeah. But with these ones, because they haven't been excavated, you can't tell, like, if you went in there and obviously you found like loads of pots and loads of bits of stuff, usually that would indicate that someone's of a higher status, you know? But because they haven't been excavated, I don't know, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, I was just going to ask, kind of on that, is like, do you think that they should be excavated? <laughs> Take a little sip of water. Here. <laughs> 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 mm. Okay, so I love it when things have been excavated already, obviously, because I'm interested in all this stuff. So, like, talking about important people and hierarchy and stuff. The Amesbury Archer was someone who basically migrated from Europe into like the Stonehenge region and they excavated him and it's amazing because they found that he was like buried with all these loads of stuff, right? Loads of bits and pots and loads of arrowheads and all this other stuff but he also had like gear on him that was used for like smelting. So they think that he essentially may have brought Bronze Age from Europe into Britain, <laughs> single-handedly, which is insane, right? When you think about this dude who's turned up like, yeah, I know how to make metal. <laughs> and he's just like the dude, right? And if they didn't dig him up, then they'd have not known that and we wouldn't have this cool information about it. So you've got that, but at the same time, I guess I have a connection to it because it's like my homeland. So I'm like, don't you go touching that grey mare and her cults or whatever. <laughs> um, I'd be sad if they dug it up. Yeah. So, I don't it know. is a really difficult question, yeah, isn't it? It's a really weird yeah. one. Like with Seahenge or whatever, you yeah. know? Um, for those of you who don't know, Seahenge <laughs> was... Uh, <laughs> was it like Hunstanton or Link Kingsland or something uh, they found it? Was it Holm. that's it, yeah. Because there's another one called Holm 2, right, that they left there, mm -hmm. which I need to go and try and find, but I don't know what the tide situation is. But yeah, they dug that up and there was all kinds of 
outrage about it because it had been sitting there for four thousand, four and a half thousand years in the sea. And because some dude, there's a crazy tide or something, right? And the guy was like, wow, look at that. In the mid nineties, they're like, dig it up. <laughs> and everyone's like, well, it's been there for that long. Like, why just leave it there? It's a bit strange going to see it in the King's Lynn Museum. Yeah, it's, yeah. Have you been seeing it in there? Uh, no, I saw a bit at the Stonehenge and exhibition yes, at the it, British they? Museum. I forgot that. Yeah. They didn't have the oak stump in there, mm. which I was really annoyed about. <laughs> That's the bit that I want to see, obviously. Um, yeah, I smelled it. Yeah. Have you smelled it? Yeah. It's really weird. It does smell weird. It smells like old. <laughs> like really old. <laughs> but also kind of like chemical. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I was there like, just like, there's a little stage when they put it in the British Museum, right? And I'm just like, oh, it smells weird. <laughs> there's just like hundreds of people around me. Like, I need to know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think to a degree, I like that that's kind of out of our hands, you know, with excavation and stuff like that. Because they're just going to do it, yeah. and then you, and then you'll know. Yeah. So there you go. I have another yeah. question, if that's okay. <coughs> that's yeah. My other, my ne my last, my last question is: uh, Have you got any plans to go anywhere else and do any other walks? Um, yeah. So I've not been to Ireland before, uh -huh. um, and Ireland is obviously very rich in um, kind of prehistoric sites, especially the Neolithic mm -hmm. stuff. I'm interested in there. Um, so yeah, I'd like to go there. I'm hoping to go later this year. Um, but also, I've, I've got more to explore along this particular route as well. You know, like that's the thing about it is that once you start looking into it, there's so many more things to look at. And yeah, we're going to uh, Avebury for my birthday next week, uh, which I've been to a bunch of times, and it's like my favourite place ever. So on my mm -hmm. birthday, it's my thirtieth, I'm going to go there and just like hug a bunch of stones no. and have a good time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Ireland's top on the list pretty much, and maybe Karnak in France as mm -hmm. well because it looks yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, lovely. Well, we look forward to updates when you go. Yeah, cool. Um, Any, anything else from the room? Yeah, how accessible are all these places? There's a lot of oh, talk about climbing yeah. over the wire. And <laughs> There's a lot, yeah. Um, it really depends. And it depends on how much you want to like trespass and stuff as well. So like for the most part, stone circles and places like this are usually relatively well signposted, but you're going to kind of be a bit out there sometimes. So. Um, I'm trying to think of one we went to in the in the spring or summer. Um, it was along what they call the Ridgeway, which is like the Wessex Ridgeway, which is kind of cuts um, across the country. But there's places like Wayland Smithy and stuff down there, which is a long barrow. And we ended up walking for like two hours or something to get there, or like an hour and a half. So you end up doing that a lot, but most of the time it's fine. Which one was that? Uh, it was that chambered tomb near like the Uffington White Horse. Are you in Dorset still? No, in, in Wessex, like after... Oxfordshire? Near Oxfordshire? Mm, I don't know, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> was that um, in the summer yeah. we went, did you say? Yeah. Early summer. Is that um, But yeah, so you get a lot, of, a lot of walking, basically. You get covered in mud, all sorts of stuff. If you want to go to like barrows and stuff like that, because they're just... Especially like I showed you these ones where there's like 40 of them, 44 of them in the landscape and they've been owned privately for so many years, like that's when you end up having to climb over stuff and, and all that, or if people have just been ignorant and put stuff in the way. It's usually a case of landowners. It's kind of unbelievable that, yeah. that we don't have access to them, really. Yeah. It's like, just open it up for people to visit. Yeah. Really get it. And then you get the other extreme, Stonehenge again! <laughs> <laughs> Where you park up and the parking's whatever, six or seven quid, and then it's 22 quid to go and look at it and all mm. this stuff. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants a map to the little side road where you can drive down and see it for free, I will send it to you. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, cool.
Any other questions? Shall we give Alex? Thank you so much. Have a great day.